You're listening to The Big Data Beard. Hey folks, Corey Minton from the Big Data Beard team. We are at Strata Data Conference in San Jose, California. I'm joined by my buddy Rob Hout, who's my co-host this week on all the things Strata. And we're excited to have Amr Awadala join us, co-founder and CTO from Cloudera. Amr, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. So we saw you on the main stage this morning. You had uh, some conversations to share around what Cloudera is doing uh, with your next generation products. So I wanted to talk with you a little about we saw two big key themes, I think, were the buckets that they were in. So seriously around uh, Altus and what you're doing there. I know there was that was announced you know, last year, I guess, at Strata. Yeah. But I want to hear why Altus is so, experience, so interesting for you and what your vision is for it. So, uh, I mean, our name is <clears throat> Cloudera. Mm-hmm. The name of the company is Cloudera. <laughs> uh, and the reason why our name is Cloudera is because when we started uh, 10 years ago, that's how old we are right now, <clears throat> our vision was to just be 100% cloud. Mm-hmm. And we built a very nice uh, cloud service. Uh, actually, it was called the Cloudera Cloud Service, CCS for short. Uh, we started selling it, and we got funding on it. Like That's why the VCs gave us money uh, back in October 2008. But as we approached the market, we found uh, 10 years ago, we found a number of startups here in the Bay Area that really loved it, but they wouldn't give us any money because they're startups. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the big companies, when we talked to like the telecoms, the governments, the banks, they said, there's no way we're going to give you our data. That's our blood. And our blood will not leave our body. So, again, that was 10 years ago. So, we pivoted the company. Actually, we had a very big pivot. We threw away all of the software we had built really? to doing the Cloudera cloud service. And we instead focused on building the Cloudera platform, which is CDH, yeah. uh, as an uh, enterprise software uh, data platform that can be deployed within organizations. And that was the beginning of us doing very well in terms of sales. Yeah. Uh, that was 2009, mm-hmm. is when we did that pivot. Uh, and then about uh, four years ago, the cloud kept coming back, yeah. uh, not just for front-end mobile apps and web apps, but for back-end, like back-office core data. Yeah. And uh, a number of our customers started asking us, hey, we need to do this in the cloud. So we launched uh, infrastructure as a service, which is called Cloudera Director. Mm-hmm. And that was launched uh, four years ago. And that allows our cu- cu- customers, in a nutshell, to forklift uh, any existing uh, clusters they might have on-premise and just run them as is in the cloud. But you're still running the servers all the time. It's like you're simply using the cloud as a as a hosting provider. That's yeah, it's all. just you're just it's not your server; it's their server. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's being a migration at that point. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was that, that wasn't uh, good enough for all the use cases because uh, yes, for the use cases which are 24 by 7 operational use cases, yeah. that make perfect sense. But for the use cases where you want to scale up, scale down, and re- truly leverage cloud for its agility, mm-hmm. that wasn't a good option. No. So two years ago, that's when we uh, released uh, Altus a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. And uh, Altus is really about enabling our platform as a service, mm-hmm. not just as an infrastructure as a service, and to run natively against the native cloud storage environments. So you don't have to copy the data out of S3 in AWS or out of ADLS, uh, the Azure Data Lake Store in, in Azure. You can run our platform natively against it directly. Okay. Right? And that was really the biggest uh, uh, change that we did and it was a very significant change for how we do things yeah because you're basically changing the storage substrate because it's basically the way i understand it it's a pass in the sense that it's a it's an orchestration and management way of spinning up the i think claudair calls them the data pipelines right Mm -hmm. the services basically the things that run in yarn yeah but you're changing the storage substrate which is a that's a big shift Mm -hmm. right that's not small because you're not it's not actually hdfs at this point no it's not 
Yeah. Which is, which is running, strange. Yeah. It, it, and and had, uh, strange on many dimensions. I mean, strange on the HDFS Hadoop was built for this data locality thing yeah. that we now don't need anymore in the cloud per se. And then it's strange on the security dimension. Like, how do you ensure the security now that we have this split model? Mm -hmm. uh, it is strange on the workload management uh, dimension. How do we ensure that now, given that the data is all shared back in S3 or ADLS? So, yeah, it added a number of complications, uh, but we figured it out. So we have it now for um, uh, we, the first Altus release was for what we call data engineering, mm -hmm. Altus data engineering, which is focused more on batch data processing, still Spark, MapReduce, Hive, but batch workloads. And then uh, a couple of uh, months ago, we released uh, in beta, still in beta, but almost is done, the Altus Analytical DB, which is our Impala service uh, running as a service. So uh, directly against S3, and, and you can get performance from it as good as what you would get if you were to use Redshift. So with Redshift, you'd have to copy the data from S3 into Redshift yep. before you can use it. They have another option where you can run it natively, but it's really slow. And even if with Impala, not copying the data into Impala, just running it directly against S3, our benchmarks achieve similar results to Redshift native storage. Really? Yes. So and see, that's, that's surprising to me, because that's one of the things that over the years, as a, you know, as a dude focused on the administration of Hadoop yeah. clusters and, and that environment, yeah. we were always concerned about that decoupling compute from storage yeah. and getting away from, like you said, the data locality thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it... Is it the like? Uh, help me understand how that happened. Like, yeah, what did you have to change to we, achieve we, that? So, uh, thank Amazon. Actually, not don't thank us. So, you thank Amazon and you thank uh, Google, uh, Google and Microsoft. What they have done is a significant re-architecture of the network backbones. Mm -hmm. So, traditional uh, legacy network backbones are uh, essentially the the hub and spoke architecture, where you have a, a central. Uh, backbone that every uh, top of rack switch con connects back to yep. and uh, that clearly creates a bottleneck at that uh, backbone mm -hmm. and what they have done is they re-architected their backbone their entire uh, infrastructure to have uh, many many uh, connection points across all of the racks okay so the probability of saturating any given link becomes very low mm -hmm. and that's why the network no longer becomes a bottleneck excellent in fact in amazon uh, and in uh, other cloud environments what we're finding is you're better off uh, getting as many uh, straws, meaning connections, into S3 as you can. So, for example, if you're trying to do a very hard uh, computation over a long period of time, then it's much better to get 100 small nodes yeah. than to get 10 big nodes. Yeah, it's the, kind of the idea of parallelism, right? Yeah. So that's that was one of the design paradigms that I think you guys were always about, right? Parallelism's huge. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that that's instantiating itself in the cloud is yeah. it's interesting. But, but and here it's parallelism to get more network connections because you could have you can have ten powerful nodes with like heavy cores and many many cores in each one. But at the end of the day, you're limited by the network con connectivity back into S3. So when you spread that out over 100 nodes, you get a lot more straws into the back-end network inf infrastructure. And that's why you can still get very, very good performance. So that's the trick. Yeah. The trick is about doing that. It's about trying to get as many connections back, uh, essentially ga gaming the system, <laughs> to get as many connections back into the S3 backbone to get your unfair kind of advantage in terms of bandwidth. So that's that's cool for those customers who, um, who maybe they've developed applications where a lot of their data lives in S3 yes. or lives in, yeah. you know, uh, uh, a ADLS. Yeah. But what about those customers who, you know, maybe they went the more traditional CDH route, they built their own uh, environment in their own data center or as a service somewhere, and their data is not in H their, their data is not in S3 and yeah. they're in HDFS. Is yeah. there a is there a path for them to take advantage of it cuz one of the like, one of the design paradigms you you laid out which is you have these persistent long running clusters for those jobs that are like that need to be around forever or is like my data hub that I needed to be my record of yeah. truth. Yeah, yeah. 
but the the value I think in Altus at least early on is that ability to spin up transient clusters to test things without the you know, heavy lifting and having to go buy new hardware and all exactly. that stuff. But is there a path to have those kind of I mean, a hybrid the, the, world? The, the, the path of the hybrid world is the option I covered earlier, which is Cloudera Director. Oh, Director. So does, yeah, okay. Cloudera Director does the permanent cluster running with HDFS and it provisions all the servers and yeah. increases the HDFS partitions and so on. So that's the path for mirroring whatever you would have on premise uh, to be similar to the cloud. Okay. And then Altus is more focused on the, the, the flexible scale up, scale down. Uh, platform as a service architecture. That's the difference. And so I want to take that like one step, one step forward, right? So it, the idea of then having, because I think one of the things that we get into conversations with a lot, quite a better peers of ours around is uh, having that platform like. Uh, platform as a service like capability inside my four walls of the data center will, will where your customers have that kind of capability of treating it as a platform, being able to go do self service style within work the within the data center. Not yet, not yet. Uh, that is something being asked for right now. Uh, because many organizations are realizing that the cloud is not going to be the only answer. Uh, the cloud is the right architecture, but it's not the only answer. Like, I will have some of my workloads running the cloud, I will have some of them running on-premise, and I would like the on-premise ones to operate in a similar way. Yeah, it's just a consumption model. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. actually one of the things. Yeah, yeah. I've, so that's I've, happening, that's coming. That's cool, because that's one of the things that I think in, in for IT practitioners that are trying to support yes. you know, these, these next-generation data applications, mm-hmm. th- there's this, this idea that, Cloud doesn't necessarily predicate meaning a place. It's an operating model. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the yeah. cloud could be your cloud. It yeah. could be somebody else's cloud. Yeah. But you have to have that experience. Now, so tell me a little about when I say experience, it started, it makes me think about it. So the shared data experience. Yes. yes. So help me understand what the shared data experience yeah. uh, product line and what it's trying to accomplish for Cloudera customers. Yeah. So it's worth taking a step back. Okay. Uh, shared data experience is something that we always have been doing since day one at Cloudera. Uh, we only started calling it that <laughs> from a, from a uh, terminology point of view about a year ago yeah. when we started really using that label. But that wasn't the name you wanted to call it, I don't think. Uh, I wanted smartphone of big data. <laughs> <was the one>. <laughs> <laughs> smartphone of big data, I like that. Uh, yeah, that's a good, that's good. <laughs> uh, To communicate the, comp- the, the concept of what we're trying to do is enable you to operate on your data in many different ways, meaning data science, machine learning, batch processing, analytics, without having to keep reformatting and recopying the data around. That's really the fundamental promise of SDX. Because in our legacy architectures, information architectures in organizations, you have one system for SQL, and then you have another one for data science, and then you have another one for search. Mm -hmm. And you end up creating all of these fragmentations of the data with duplication, with inconsistencies, and with friction to agility, to be able to like do new things quicker. And we, we really want to solve that problem. And that was the, 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 the key secret sauce that I think made Cloudera as successful as we are today. Yeah. It's very early on in our uh, life cycle because we were working with some uh, large governments and large uh, financial institutions. They, they pushed us very hard on solving that problem, not just for the metadata layer, but also for the security layer which are the two, the, two, the, two, the two key functions you need to do, right? You want to be able to have a common schema that crosses all of these different formats and expose the schema to SQL, to Impala for SQL, to Solar for Search, and so on. And then you want to have a common access control mechanism that can uh, enable you to limit access right, to certain security, tables or for governance. security. Yeah. And have that be shared across all of your file formats mm-hmm. and all of your workloads. Okay. So uh, that is what SDX is. So SDX solved that on-premise okay. uh, very well, and it's one of our key differentiators, if not the key differentiator that we have right now. And then as we move into the cloud, we realize that that problem is multiplied by 100. 
the problem is much worse in the cloud because you have all of these temporary clusters. So on-premise, maybe you have like uh, some of our largest customers, maybe they will have 300 data marts, 400 data marts. Yeah. In the cloud, it's, it's uh, tens of thousands because many of these data marts or these systems are running for a few hours and going away, yeah. running for a few hours and going away. So you end up getting all of these uh, 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 silos uh, in temporal nature where you want to be able to collect metadata and coll collect all that information, security, governance information across their lifetime mm -hmm. uh, in a continuous way. And that's exactly what we released uh, at this conference. So we released uh, Cloudera SDX, uh, Altus SDX, which is our SDX capability in the cloud as a service. And then today it hooks up directly into our uh, uh, Altus services in the cloud, mm -hmm. but the goal in the future is to expand it to cover on-premise and cloud. So you can have a single oh, pane really? of glass. You can have a single pane of glass that covers all of your metadata and access control and governance for both uh, on-premise and cloud environments. So across those distinct storage types even, because you're talking about dealing with data yes. that was in S3. And yeah. Wow, that's, that's yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there was another announcement I heard that was um, an extension of the, back to the Altus thing, an extension. You, you announced this week something about data science. Yes. Uh, yes. So, so help me understand what that is. Yeah, not so, the data science, but what your yeah, head yeah, of course. was. <laughs> <laughs> I should hope you know what the science is, otherwise we're not leaving today. That's right. So um, uh, we have a number of core capabilities that we offer in our on-premise platform. So for the on-premise the on -premise platform, the core capabilities that ship with our smartphone, mm -hmm. if I might <laughs> use that terminology again, are the, the, the batch processing capabilities, and these are MapReduce and, uh, and uh, Spark, the data science capabilities, which are primarily Spark, the SQL capabilities, which are primarily Impala, but Hive plays a big role there as well. Yep. And then the operational serving capabilities, and that's the EdgeBase platform. So these are the four key kind of uh, services that we ship with our platform and come with our platform. Now, as we were re-architecting them for the cloud, we decided to segregate them from each other and launch them one by one so we can get to the market faster. So first we released uh, the Altus Data Engineering one, so that's already done, that's production, GA, many of our customers use it, and that was released a, a year and a half ago, or a year, year and a half ago, roughly. And then uh, a couple of months ago, we released the, the SQL capability, which we call Altus Analytical DB, okay. and that's in beta right now, but should be GA very soon. Okay. And then what we announced at this conference is sometime this year, I don't think we announced the exact date. I haven't looked at the press release. Yeah, that's probably good. I know, I know the exact date, but... I'm, but, but <laughs> at uh, some point in the future. It, yeah, <laughs> it's this year. It's this yeah. year, but when this year is the, is the big question mark. Yeah. Uh, we will release uh, Altus Data Science, which it takes our online, our, sorry, our uh, data center on-premise uh, capabilities for data science, which is the Cloud Data, data Science Workbench, mm -hmm. and uh, enables that as a service, as a web service in, oh, really? in the cloud. So yeah. you're cloudifying yeah, the, data, data science, science workbench. Bench. That's exactly so it. So basically you're taking those services that, that people know and love from a CDS yes. perspective, yeah. porting those into the, the yeah. cloud offering. Okay? Yeah. To work on a consumption model uh, yeah. with APIs where you can launch it in a more uh, agile way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of the, the announcements, and it feels like a lot of the, when I walk around the exhibit hall, mm -hmm. a lot of folks seem to be trying to simplify the operation yes. of these environments because yes. we're trying to it feels like everything we do is trying to make this more like more of an infrastructure feeling thing so that we go work on the value. Yes, the exactly. The top value. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there's one thing that I got to ask because I, I see all this, this move towards operational efficiency, which is good, mm -hmm. and the move towards the cloud, which I get for spin up, spin down. One thing I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of is are there any sort of interesting things that Cloudera is doing to empower 
data science, machine learning, deep learning that takes advantage of some of the recent and the kind of the more interesting developments in hardware. Like so things like GPU and mm-hmm. TPU, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything, because I, I don't see a lot of that going on here, but I know yeah, that yeah. that's something that when I go talk to practitioners, they're like, man, I got to figure out a way to port, you know, this model into yeah. or my this training set into a GPU powered cluster. Yes. Is that still interesting for Cloudera? Is that uh, absolutely, absolutely interesting. Uh, that said, we are at the infancy of that space. For like, sure. Uh, I would say less than than ten percent of our customers would be doing something like that, leveraging advanced hardware capabilities. Uh, as you might know, Intel is a major shareholder in Cloudera. They, I think, they are actually our largest shareholder, and uh, they're pushing us very hard with these new, newer technologies with FPGAs and GPUs and such. Uh, we already support uh, GPUs in Data Science Workbench. Okay. So Data Science Workbench can uh, target execution of workloads yep. within uh, GPU uh, servers in, yeah. the, in, in, the, in the Data Science Workbench cluster. Uh, we are also, uh, one of the key advantages uh, that the Data Science Workbench brings is it allows the data scientists to install their own packages and their own new new. Um, kind of implementation of TensorFlow or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. without having to go through approval from the cluster admins first. And that was a, that, that's actually one of the key powers of Data Science Workbench. Is the, key, the key power of Data Science Workbench is not that you have a graphical user interface. That's just Jupyter. You can yeah. go get Jupyter for that. Yeah. In fact, Data Science Workbench uses Jupyter. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah. but, but the power of Data Science Workbench is how it takes that and integrates it with a Kubernetes cluster okay. so that every data scientist can get their own Docker container that isolates it from the main environment so you can prevent um, failure from unstable new code but maintain access to the original data in the main environment. Because what data scientists used to do before that is they would go to uh, the, the cluster admins and say, please install this new version of TensorFlow. Yeah. The cluster admin would tell them, go away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sacrifice That's not a service that I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the data scientists being smart and uh, motivated, they make a copy of the data on their laptop. Yeah take the laptop home, yeah. install TensorFlow, and then do whatever they do. Obviously, that's a major security risk. Yeah, now you lost, you lost, you lost uh, uh, track and control over that data. So uh, this is really the power of Data Science Workbench, is solving that problem of yeah. how can we enable data scientists to be innovative, mm-hmm. to be agile, creative, without compromising the security and stability of the main environment. So does Data Science Workbench, does it, does it run in the same... Like, again, if we go back to a standard CDH kind of deployment, does it run in the same cluster and it simply runs Kubernetes in the background to spin up? No, it's beside. It's beside. So it's a separate build. Yeah, so for example, you would have like 100 nodes running CDH, Mm -hmm. and then you would have beside them five nodes for the science workbench. Which those are then allowing you to take advantage of things like containerization technology, so you can do that spin up, spin down. Yes, and GPUs. And GPUs, so the, so okay. the GPUs would go in these servers. They would not go on the main clusters. Yeah. Okay, so you still got to design it correctly, though, because yes. if your GPUs are over here, your data is here, you got to have network. Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. <laughs> you got network design becomes important. That's a good point. Yeah. So that, that that edge system, then that other system is is not only the the place I'm doing my work as a data scientist, but it's also the the workflow orchestrators, the orchestration engine to get yes. all that and the execution all... as well. Okay, but it depends. So if you're using native Spark that's already in the cluster, then it will yeah, get it pushed just... and run in parallel in the cluster. Uh, okay, but if you're using your own new version of hacked up Spark, then yeah. it will run in your <laughs> Container. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Makes so this way, I get the best of both worlds. And then, so, and the security controls are there, and that and that tool as well to be able data. to yes. figure out which so, pieces of data yes. I have access. Is to. Is that shared data experience handles that can that governance? Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Both for the access control and the auditing of who accessed what when, which is just as important. So you're you're starting to integrate and have these these container conversations on this side thing in data science. Mm-hmm. Is there a future where you start to think about? building your own container integration for CDH yes. for those customers? Yes, absolutely. And it's what you hinted to earlier. Yeah. 
where, where you were saying a lot of, um, uh, I can't remember which one of you yeah. mentioned this, but it came up in this conversation. You were saying that uh, people expect to run their on-premises just yeah. like they would in the cloud. Agreed. And uh, we're seeing this very big movement towards Docker containers yeah. uh, or containers in general, could yeah. be CoreOS or whatever, with uh, with Kubernetes. So Kubernetes yeah. is really getting lots of traction right Boy, now. Boy, isn't it though. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you were to f extrapolate the trend forward, uh, we see that conversion is happening at some point where both on-premise and cloud will be built on top of Kubernetes. Yeah. And uh, protecting that trend means that we need to adapt many of the core services that we have to be very, very container friendly. Yeah, yeah. very cool. So I'm curious, I want to get your take on the, the conference. Uh, have you had a chance to, I'm assuming, attend some sessions, check some things out, have some meetings? I haven't, actually. The only thing I got to do is give a keynote in the morning that yeah. you refer to, yeah. and then customer meetings back to back. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, what's your, so so I want to get, because you're in a role in a CTO, and yes. I read your blog from a couple of years ago about the role yeah. of a CTO, which I thought was, I think it was good, because it, yeah. So I'm curious when you think about the visions, and clearly, we, you know, it's, this is public domain. But like, yeah. what are the things that you're kind of watching or interested in, or you're kind of you think are going to be prescient for for folks like us that work in this space? Yeah. What are the like? What are the things we should be watching? Like, what are the trends that you think are going to be interesting in the next 12 to 24 months? That's pretty much what you brought up right now. I mean, you're you're doing a very good job as a CTO, actually. Oh man, honestly, I'm going to record that, play it back for all my friends. I just got told, good job, awesome. Yeah, uh, it's watching watching out for the general purpose hardware trends yeah. and making sure that we are ready to take care of that trend when it, when it starts taking off. Yep. Uh, watching out for the dockerization trend and uh, clearly that is something that's going to be coming even uh, more widespread over the next couple of years. Right. So if I were to summarize it, it would be many of these two things. Those two, so operating yeah. models and hardware. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Well, we've and a big, a big part of the CTO job is exactly that, meaning looking at key uh, industry inflection points mm -hmm. and uh, making sure that from a uh, product uh, uh, direction and product uh, um, uh, requirements, we are getting ahead of the curve so we don't get caught by surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, I, I appreciate the conversation. I've, I feel like it's, to me, it feels like this... All of it's coming together nicely for the announcements. Altus is helping cloudify many of the things you've yeah. done well on premises before. Yes. You're paying attention to the the need to bring some of that back in and the, the hardware trends. So that's yes. that's super interesting. Thank you for spending the time with us. If it's okay with you, I want to shift gears to something kind of fun. We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, but now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment we like to call Rapid Fire. Pew pew. Okay, that sounds scary. Yeah, it's not. Don't don't be scared. It's all good. We're nice. I promise. It's just it's just a three bearded dudes hanging out and talking. That's all it is. Um, so uh, rapid fire. Basically, the way it works is uh -huh. we ask you a few questions that are uh, not too personal, but a little personal because we want to get to understand uh, a little bit more about you. And yeah. I think it's interesting, especially for folks like yourself mm -hmm. who have a, a strong presence socially about what you're doing for work. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of us are curious uh, about things that you do on the side. So okay. let's let's get into it. Sure. Uh, first question, what year do you think Skynet will go online? Uh, never. Never. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I that, appreciate that. Take. That, that makes and me, especially from your seat, it makes me feel a whole lot better. <laughs> Did you see the things about Alexa this week? The, the, what was the laughing? Yeah, the, laughing the laugh, Alexa? the creepy laugh. The evil Alexa? No. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> see, that scares me. That's, that's why I would, I think it's already online. It's called Alexa. <laughs> Not even close. That's right. Yeah. Um, what's the last good book you read? Uh, Sapiens. Sapiens. That yeah. is an awesome book. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, what genre of music are you currently listening to? 
so I'm not about genre. I'm about what, whatever music, uh, whatever tune gets me going. So my two most recent favorite songs would be Havana. I really like the Havana oh, yeah, song. That's a good tune. And the other one is the Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I really so like that one. Those too. are two. Yeah, I like yeah. the beat. I like the beat where your head's at. Yeah. Um, what is what piece of technology is currently making your life worse? Worse. <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I actually I can't think of an answer yeah. for that one. I don't think the most I, I only see technology get, as something making me better. See, the the one we get a lot is yeah. the uh, the the Apple Watch because it gives yeah. people like a I serious I, ADD. I don't have. Yeah, or you could say Alexa because it's creeping you out. No, I love Alexa. I, have, <laughs> I do too. I, I have all of them at home. I have Alexa. I have Siri. I have uh, Cortana and Google Home. No, they have somebody, a conversation sometimes. When yeah, you're and I make them talk to each other. Actually, I, I, I made it. Uh, if you go look at my Instagram feed, I have a video of Alexa and Google Home going in an infinite loop. Oh, that telling, is awesome. telling each other they love each other. <laughs> oh, that is oh. okay. I'm gonna we're gonna have to get the link for that in show notes because like that to me I've never thought of making yeah. them play with each other. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's like the chatbots. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, Developing their own language. Yeah, they yeah. had to shut them down. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure about that Skynet question? Answer. Hundred percent sure. What is your per, your biggest personal money pit right now? Uh, video games. Video games. Yeah, I'm addicted Ooh. to video games. What are you playing? Everything, everything really? you could think of. Uh, right now, my most favorite game is Overwatch, okay, which is by Blizzard, okay. and Blizzard actually is one of Caldera's big customers. Yeah, I love Blizzard; fan. they make amazing games. Yeah, uh, and then uh, like more uh, PlayStation. One of my recent games there was Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I really like this one. Coming out this year should be uh, Red Dead: The Redemption Two. Yep. Which is supposed to be an amazing game. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the type of game. Nice, very cool. But that's my biggest money pit. Yeah. All right, we're gonna see if we can find you on Xbox Live. It'll be fun. <laughs> All right, are you? Uh, I'm everywhere. I'm Xbox Live, PlayStation, <laughs> PC. That's awesome. Virtual reality, Oculus Rift, you name it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Virtual reality. That's one we should have talked about that more. Is like I want the virtual reality and data thing is mm -hmm. it's getting pretty interesting. Yeah, very. Well, we'll and augmented reality as well. Like I'm looking forward to us having contact lenses we wear that I can just look at you and remember last time I met you, the name of your kid. The name of your favorite book it just shows beside you. Have you watched Altered Carbon on? Uh, oh, I love Netflix Altered Carbon. Oh, yeah, that's also, a great show. Great that's a great, the thing that they snick on the eye. It's like yeah. exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing that actually I think that they hit that was so prescient was like the fact that you could have ads in there. And could you imagine how awful life would be if you had to walk around yeah. and see ads <laughs> overlaid all the time? <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, okay. but, I'm, but I'm sure there'll be an ad blocker as well. Oh, yeah, just yeah, slap right. it on the back of the head. It'll be perfect. Um, are you going anywhere interesting soon? Uh, next week, I'm going for the first time. So I travel a lot as part of my job at Cloudera. In fact, I frequently joke and say uh, CTO stands for Chief Travel Officer. <laughs> I can imagine. Because a, a big part of my job is evangelism. Right? Yeah, so absolutely. meeting, going, meeting with customers, uh, talking at public events like this one, and so on. So next week, uh, I'm going for the first time to South America. I have never been to South America. Really? I've been to every other continent except. Yeah. South America. So I'll be visiting Sao Paulo okay. in Brazil and San Diego in Chile. That's brilliant. Yeah, we actually have had, um, so we have a whole bunch of customers and stuff that have been in Latin America for years leading some of the data sets. Yeah. Actually, a large number of our PhDs from the folks that we deal with on a regular basis, mm -hmm. they're all based in Sao Paulo, yeah. which yeah. is awesome. Well, yeah. good. I look forward to hearing about the trip. We'll follow you on Instagram. Yeah. Last uh, good. As a question. What show are you binging on right now? I mean, you mentioned Alter Carbon, which I finished very quickly. Yeah. Uh, the other one, actually, a very recent one on Stars. Uh, what's it called? Counterparts. Ooh, that's okay. good. Oh, yeah, that that's show is so good. Is so it good. really? Okay. Oh, so All right, we'll have to watch it. Yeah, very briefly, it's that the, 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 the 30 years ago, there was an experiment mm -hmm. that split the Earth timeline in two timelines. So there's Earth 1. And there's Earth 2. Oh, it's the dude from the... Uh, J.K. Simmons. 
Yeah, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, oh, he's so good. He's so yeah. good. Okay. He makes two characters, and yeah. literally, you can tell this. You would say these are two different people. There's no way that Body language, the way he carries his face. He's I mean, so it's good. It's oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll look forward yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll keep up with you. The best way to follow you is on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Your social. Facebook. Not Twitter, uh, Facebook too. Okay. I think. My... Yeah. WeChat. <laughs> <laughs> are you on Google? A uh, Google Plus? <laughs> no, not Google Plus. <laughs> that's only for Google employees. Yeah, that's only for Google employees. Nice. Well, Amr, thank you so much for being on. I certainly encourage folks to check out. Palmer and what he's doing for Cloudera CTO. We certainly appreciate you hanging out with us and we hope you have a great rest of the show. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you like big data and you like to learn. Well, we do too. And that's why we partnered with O'Reilly Media. As a community partner for their incredible strata data and artificial intelligence conferences that are taking place around the world. If you would like a 20% discount on these conferences, simply use the promo code PCBeard at checkout. Or you can click the link in our show notes. It would also be pretty cool if you reviewed us in your favorite podcast app. It really does help. Thanks for listening.